The Hidden Grid, The Six World Chronicles Maria Mercurial Season 3, Episode 25 This is not the cage Welcome back to The Hidden Grid Our second official run goes live today. We're revisiting a classic module, not just for Shadowrun, but for The Hidden Grid. That's the beauty of role-playing games. Different groups handle different runs in, well, different ways. You get the idea. Today we're running Maria Mercurial, originally released as a first edition Shadowrun Adventure module back in 1989. It was created by Paul R. Hume. Running and rockers go hand in hand in the pink mohawk era of the 2050s. So, it's time to go hang out with the best Nova Hot Star ever to grace the stage of Shadowrun. Put on your dark sunglasses, chummer. Head on over to the morgue and grab those tickets. How else are you going to get into the cage and listen to Maria play live? All right. Back in sunny 2050. It is 8 o'clock in the evening, and it is a warm Seattle night. Uh, not quite raining, but not quite dry either, if you know what I mean. Gardemanger, you get a call from somebody that you don't recognize, but the uh, the ID says M. Foley. Mushy Mushy, who's this? Yes, uh, if this is Gardemanger, I would like to offer a business proposal. All right, I'm listening. Mr. Good. Mr. Manger, my name is Max Foley. Uh, you may have heard of me. You may not. Nevertheless, I have heard of you, and I have heard that you have a decent team of, call them shadow runners. I would like to hire you if uh, you are interested in a uh, bodyguard job. Then uh, meet me at Underworld 93, uh, the Rocker Club, at 2 a.m. I'll give you passes to make it into the club. 2 a.m., Underworld 93, so six hours from now, bring my friends and you're going to offer us a job? Yes, that is the case. All right, let me give him a call. All right, Mr. Foley, you have a good evening. How many tickets should I hold for you? Five. Very well. I will see you then. Click. All right, I, I am now going to call Lindsay first. Mm-hmm. Okay, I am at home. My sister-in-law is here. We're hanging out. Do you want to Who is it? Hey, Lindsay, Gardemanger, hey, uh, you got childcare lined up tonight? I look over to my sister-in-law. She can hear the call. It's business. Yeah, I could probably arrange it. I say, looking to her, hoping she says yes. <laughs> What's it, what is it about? We've got a negotiation with a Johnson who gave me his name. Mm-hmm. We're meeting Max Foley at Underworld 93 at 2 a.m. Oh, I'm there. I don't know who this Foley guy is, but 93 is a fun place. Big, it's loud, it's fun. I mean, what more do you want? Free drinks in the house, but, you know. Hey, technicalities. All right. Uh, you give Berger a call up, and we'll start getting everybody get get the gang back together. <laughs> you betcha. All right. So, phone treeing over to Berger. What do you want? <laughs> you up for some work? Not the uh, writing kind, but the maybe slinging kind? Uh you doing okay? You sound a little beat still. Well, you know, recovering from 
a full body explosion. Um, and then too long in a coma will do that to a person, I think. Um, That's yeah. Fine. Yeah. Where? When? Underworld 93, 2 a.m. Probably try to be there a little early. Caramanche is already on the roll. So I just got to figure out the rest of my child care part. But I'll see you there. You want to give the others a call? <sighs> okay. All right. See you there. And I call Flatline. Well, hi. Hey, you want some money? For what? For work. I know that. For... I don't know the whole particulars yet. Oh. This is... We're phone-treeing this. Oh. God, this is inefficient. Yes. Underworld 93, 2 a.m., be there a little early, and if you want in. I will see you there, then. I'm getting hungry. Very good. You should eat. No, I need money for food. So, yeah, I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sorry. Okay, click. (laughs) (laughs) And I will... I will send a message to Gardemanger. He's like, you know about this work? Question mark, question mark. Just making sure that, yeah, so I'm just sending a quick message to Gardemanger. Hoy came through me, getting the gang together, going to make some calls. Send. Ah, see you there. P.S. Don't forget the dwarf. Crud. All right, I I call up Crutch. What up, girl? Hey, hey. Uh, well. Yep, we're going to a club tonight at 2 in the morning to enjoy the ambiance and probably negotiate some uh, some work. Yep, Brett. Uh, any idea what we're doing? I have absolutely no idea. Uh, I don't like going in blind, but I need oh, cash. So. No, we're not going in blind. There's, like, the rest of us, and, you know. I just like to know what I'm getting myself into, but uh, oh, I guess I'll see you negoci- there. This is just negotiations. <laughs> We'll figure out what happens after that. Cool. I'll see you there. All right. I Everybody head in? Uh-huh. <laughs> We're all in. Can I make you say you phone head phone? there? What time do you head there? Now. Oh, right, well, it's so. 8 o'clock. I will... Yeah, most clubs open by like 8.30 or 9. I live downtown. I have to drive all the way to the edge of Poyala. That's a long ride. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably chill out for another hour or two with my sister at the house. She, you know... We'll agree to do the kid watching tonight, but I owe her again. Okay. Others? Yep. I'm going to make a phone call to Jasmine and see if she knows anything about Foley just to try to get a little more intel. I'm going to try to get there about midnight. But uh, first, I need to call my ex-girlfriend, Jasmine. Okay. Cross my fingers. Dial her up. Hey, Alex. Jazz, it's good to hear from you. I, some guy reached out out of the blue, and I was wondering if you knew anything about who this guy was. I've had well, my head who, down. I've been cooking. You, you know how it is. Who might I not know about? Or who might I know about? A guy by the name of Max Foley? Jeez, Alex, don't you know anything about rock and roll? No, but I know about soup. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Foley's a big-time player in the music biz. Uh, manager, agent type, you know, he's, he's pretty well-placed. All right. Why do you ask? I got a message from him and he'd got my name. And so I was trying to figure out what's going on. Well, tell him that, uh, I'm a pretty good singer. If he's looking for any up and coming new 
new talent. I'll let him know, and if he's got anything happening around town, I'll see if I can snag some extra tickets. You're a sweetie. Bye. Peace. And I'm going to head to 93 around midnight. Okay. Anyone else doing anything before they head down? Nope. Uh, changing into my club gear. Okay. Yeah, packing away a holdout pistol. That's about it. All right, anyone who knows the scene knows Underworld 93. Club started off as an industrial warehouse. Its cavernous interior is now a favorite spot for those who like their rock and roll meltdown hot. Mixing with the Nova Stars who rule the rock galaxy of the Underworld are newer bands, as owner Sidney Murdoch has a knack for identifying struggling young acts that later turn out to be chart busters. Many of them show their gratitude by continuing to play the Underworld, even when they could be filling one of Seattle's bigger halls for more money. When you reach the club, the marquee over the main entrance spells out one word in meter-high chrome-glow letters. Mercurial. There's a mob outside, jostling for position at the door. A tough-looking troll wearing a tuxedo is turning most of the hopefuls away while private security guards patrol the area. Smaller line to the left is for those with passes, which the guards are careful to scrutinize closely. Flashes of multicolored light illuminate the scene from the windows of the battered warehouse building. People inside the club thoroughly enjoy watching the folks outside trying to get in. For some, it's a bigger rush than listening to the music. So now that you're all there, how are you getting in? I walk um, to the VIP line. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm walking up I'm, to this troll in a tuxedo. I'm saying, I'm, I'm going with Garde Manger. Yeah, follow the leader. I'm looking for the other runners and follow them and them. All right. Uh, the troll uh, looks you up once and once over and says, uh, you're uh, walking in the wrong line, chummers. I don't think so. Foley told us to be here and we're going to be here. Ah, and he reaches into his back pocket and pulls out the uh, five passes. And he says, uh, you're those guys who are meeting with Foley. All right, you're in. Here you go. Enjoy the show. Don't make trouble. Ooh, uh, head to me? backstage at uh, 0200 and ask for Max. Will do. Thanks, big Yeah. Guy. Yeah, you got it, chummer. Going inside. And uh, waves you into the the other line, the left-handed line. Uh, you go right in. The music gets a little bit louder, and as you walk into the club, there's a middle-aged guy with a big gut wearing a grungy Underworld 93 t-shirt, and he's standing st center stage leading the applause for Low Earth Orbit, a warm-up band that just finished its set. Anyone who follows the rock scene will recognize Sidney Murdoch, the club's owner. The place is jammed, smoke fills the air so that the spotlight beams look like solid pillars of light. The bartenders are going berserk trying to keep up with the flow of orders. Right, you brain-damaged, rewired mutants! Here's why you've been sweating all over my nice clean floors all evening. Ladies and gentlemen, if there are any out there, and all the rest of you trash as well, here's <laughs> Maria Mercurio! 
The spotlights cut out, plunging the club into utter darkness as the crowd goes absolutely out of its mind. Uh, do any of you know Maria Mercurial by any chance? It would be hard not to, but I'm just curious as to if any of you have heard of her or like her. I've heard the name. It's come across the station in, in, in some of the restaurants when we're prepping, but... Uh... She's one of the reasons I, I left the East Coast. Oh, fair enough. Remember, I wanted I wanted to be a roadie, and things went, <laughs> things didn't quite work out well. I have no idea who she is. <laughs> yeah, she's how on Crutch's radar. How do you not know? One of the times we were riding in that rental car, I played the entire album. I I don't listen when you put music on. <laughs> you know, this explain why you didn't crack a single laugh at that comedy bit. Yeah, duh. We need to have a talk later. Tapping my toes, scanning the crowd, gonna try to get a drink from the uh, bar. Okay. I'm gonna follow where I'm Okay. The applause goes on and on uh, until a single note starts to rise through the pitch darkness, getting louder and louder until it's almost at the threshold of pain. A searing white killig light stabs down onto the stage and reflects Nova Bright off of the silver skin of Maria Mercurial. She stands like a statue of molten white metal as the rising note breaks suddenly into a driving, demanding rhythm. The intro to Puta, the title song off of her latest album, suddenly she's in motion, synth leaking into the sound, driving it with her muscles and nerves, the club explodes into flashing lights, and the trivid wall behind the stage flashes with footage from the Toronto food riots of 2048. The music grabs you by the throat and screams at you. Yo soy tu madre, so don't frag with me. I'll mess you up bad if you dare disagree. My time is money, you know that, cabron. You've got what I wanted, so why hang around? Yo soy tu madre. Lovely puta, that's what you say to me. Hola, puta. That's what you want me to be. Till you get the thing you want, nothing's too good for me. When you're done and have had your fun, then it's puta, dirty puta. Just get away from me. So what are you guys doing when Mercurial is playing her act? I know there's some killer augmentations. That's really fragging catchy. I'm going to slam down a Nuyen Natty from the bar and, and enjoy the show. Okay. Uh, there's plenty of seats uh, and round tables at the bar. Most of the people are standing um, off closer to the stage, so there's at least a little bit of room to sit back at one of the tables. Um, Gardemanger, you notice after you, uh, you turn around after getting a drink and you notice that uh, right off to the right-hand side of the stage uh, in the bar area, there's this complex 10-meter-high, bald, bullet-headed monstrosity. Um, one of the locals next to you calls it the Beast. It's got lasers flashing from its eyes, and its body is uh, swathed in holograms, mist, uh, Neolux tubing, just <laughs> speaker right in the belly, and it's pounding out the music that's happening on stage. Subliminal images are shimmering, uh, holograms flash across it, like question authority or love is the law. 
and you see a couple of people actually just staring at it like they've been hypnotized or something. But that's the the biggest thing that your eyes naturally gaze to here at Underworld. I'm also trying to go ahead and pre-scope where the entrance to the back is going to be that we're going to have to head another couple hours. Uh, interesting enough, it looks basically just a few meters to your right. Perfect. Uh, right behind the bathrooms, I think, is the entrance to the, the warehouse area. And just beyond that, there's a, a sign pointing to uh, manager's office. This is a heck of a show. I want to, just for the heck of it, because I love crowds like this. It's one of the reasons concerts rock for being a mage. Mm -hmm. I just want to open up slightly to astral perception, just to get a feel of some of that energy coming over the crowd. Cool. Um, you've seen other, um, other shows where the... Uh, artist is awakened and this is not that uh, but uh, the show is still pretty good and the crowd as you said the crowd's reaction is uh, making the astral come alive with feelings of excitement and um, lust and uh, well a little bit of hope actually but a lot of anger too it's rock cool. mm-hmm I think I'm uh, her her lyrics are, are pretty incendiary as well, so that could be. Uh, Flatline, what are you doing? Uh, doing is like I am. I am thoroughly enjoying myself at the uh, at the concert. The other thing that I'm doing though is setting a uh, just in case, because I, I don't want to get too lost in it and lose track of time. You know, it's like, okay, maybe about a half hour or so before two o'clock, I'm going to have like a, you know, my alarm on my, you know, just to vibrate, just like, oh, yeah, we'll pay attention. And okay. trying to pretty much hang around Gardemanger a little bit more because he knows more what's going on. And, you know, he's pretty much had my back since I got here, even, you know, even prior to start working with him. So, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 that's true. <laughs> Sounds good. Crutch? Uh, Crutch started kind of hanging back and trying to be professional and just observing everything, but the longer they were there, the music kind of won him over. So, uh, as the night goes on, like, he goes from tapping his toe to nodding his head, and then by the time the meeting's about to start, he's in the crowd going nuts. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. And Berger? Um, I'm watching probably from the bar without really getting too engrossed in anything and keeping an eye out for just uh, anything that might be coming towards any of us that I can see. Okay. After about 45 minutes, uh, the set winds down and you think that's pretty pretty short for a concert and then she reminds uh, everybody that there's going to be a few more bands and that she's taking the stage at two o'clock for her um for her headlining performance so stick around you know enjoy the bands in the meantime and she'll see you back around two and she takes the um she heads backstage so there's a there's a lull the music gets a little bit softer there's some time in between the next band, so if you if you wanted to do anything in the meantime, you can. 
So there's a bartender that I just bought drinks from and paid some extra Nuyen and tip. Mm-hmm. As you do. You got his name. His name is Tellen. Hey, Tellen. She got pretty big pretty fast, didn't she? Yeah, he says, golly gee, Maria's wizard, ain't she? <laughs> uh, how long she been with the guy that she's, that's, that's running her show? I'll tell you what, you know, she hadn't been with Foley very long, but he's a pretty big name. Uh, but anyway, after she broke her, uh, she broke up with her long-term manager, Armando Hernandez. Uh, she went straight over to Foley. Uh, pretty recent, I think. Hmm. What was up with the Hernandez guy? Why'd, why, why'd somebody like her drop a guy who found her? I don't know. He's got a pretty good track record as a manager, and uh, he's got some hot bands, but I don't know, once Maria's career took off, he gave the rest of his acts to other agents and worked with her exclusive-like. I don't know. You can see why. She's a Nova Star chummer. But Hernandez is a pretty good guy, I guess. He's quiet, you know, putting on the act of getting a contract signed. He can come on pretty strong, you know. He's Hispanic, you know. I don't, I don't know. Uh, maybe he moved here from Mazatlan a little while back. He still does that whole machismo thing if uh, somebody tries to push him around. <laughs> but I got to say, I don't know what he did to hose the deal with Maria. Maybe he just couldn't do enough for her career. Uh, her, her new manager, Foley, he's... <laughs> He's kind of a sleazebag, but he's got the right connections to hype a top act all the way like it ought to be. But I heard some rumbling on the street that Hernandez is taking it pretty hard. Maria's leaving to work for Foley. I mean, it, maybe he's going to try to do something about it. I don't know, run some shadows on him, you know? New into Nutrisoy, that's what Foley wants to talk to you chummers about. Man, yeah. She's played here before, right? Oh, yeah. It's where she, it's where she hit it big. She's giving back. Oh, she always does. Yeah, she played here back, uh, I think, first in 47. Uh, yeah, well, that was when, when she was with Hernandez. Oh, man, that's... What have I been doing that I missed all of this? Ah, uh, who knows, Chummer? You've been spending too much time in those fancy restaurants. <laughs> Not enough time eating uh, <laughs> soy burgers down here at Underworld. Hey, I've had my share of stuffers. Hey, speaking of, can I get one? Oh, yeah, hey. Name's Tellin. What you having? Soy burger. Everything. You got it. You got it. Coming right up. About five minutes later, he brings you something back from the back. Mm-hmm. As greasy as it's supposed to be. <laughs> goes good with rock and roll, am I right, Chummer? It goes better with bacon. <laughs> I'm going to slip Tellin, uh... Cred stick, call it 400 million. Okay. I say, you think anything else, let me know. We're trying to make sure we do right by her and right by, well, this is 93. It's a mainstay, right? He looks at the cred stick and he says, uh, that's enough uh, to ask a few more questions. What do you want to know about? What's she like? Maria? Off stage. Uh, I don't know. I guess I can tell you it's kind of odd, but uh, Armando Hernandez back in '47 heard her sing right up here in this club, and uh, 
he camped out in Murdoch's waiting room for a week trying to set up an audition. But he heard her sing, and that was all it took. He booked her on an open contract as long as she wanted to stay. Six weeks later, she got her first contract, and the rest, they say, is history. But she never forgets her friends, like you can see tonight. She could pull down a dreckload of Nguyen, play in the Dome or some other big hall, but she comes to Seattle. Plays a place like Underworld instead. That's class. Uh, but as far as what she's like, well, it really depends on the day, man. You probably read the direct that they shovel out on the rocker channels. I mean, she's got problems. Probably more than most. One minute, she's rocker queen to the max, hard and super hype on hyperdrive to the Nova, all right? <laughs> Next, she's locked up inside herself like some untyped, uptight biddy from the Burbs. Like, she even talks different, get me? I mean, she's not a total brain wipe, I mean, but she doesn't forget what she said or did when she changed it, but I've seen it all before. There's a lot of it in the business. That lady must have had herself a heavy habit on dream chips. I think she's gone clean, or that dreck would have killed her by now. She was jacking some bad stuff once upon a time, Chummer. Take it from somebody who knows. Mm. I'd say we've seen that a lot, Talon. You are a wealth of information and a good person to ha know. Indeed I am, especially if you keep throwing that credit around. Hey, it's what makes the world go round, isn't it? <laughs> it's what I've seen. <laughs> All right. Try to be back after we got to take care of the business. You got it. Please do. I'm going to get over to Lindsay. Lindsay? This is a great burger. Yeah, yeah. It, it, did you hear what he said? Yeah, I also heard everything. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, Lindsay was uh, on so, the other side of you. So, you think this, uh, her old guy is why we're being called? Protection one way or another, but it, flipping a switch like that, like a beetle head? Mm-hmm. I've seen a few, uh, the acts used to hang out with a nice little crowd of them. Yeah, keep an eye out for it. Mm -hmm. I thought uh, you I might have some, I thought you might know what it looks like. I don't think I've seen a few people in the crowd running it, so... I guess it doesn't surprise me that the main act is a... Was he say former? Yeah, what he says. He says she used to, for sure, and said he thought she was clean, because she's still alive. Fragment, I don't think I've ever seen someone clean up from that mess. I don't know. may not be worth cleaning up in this world, but... Hey, where's Crutch? Down there partying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Crutch is just running circles around the crowd. Going nuts. <laughs> I think I saw him in the mosh pit earlier. There was some big orc dude that he just like gave like Crutch like the sneer, and I swear Crutch just jumped up and just. I, you ever see those old cartoons where like the guy goes flying afterwards? Did did he headbutt him? Did he jump up and headbutt the orc? Did I yeah. miss that? <laughs> yes. Oh, there's a man. there's a band right now that's playing. The band that Crutch is moshing to is called the Angry Badgers. <laughs> and they're a bunch of uh, they're a bunch of uh, middle aged uh, white humans 
that are just they sing music about complaining about the way things used to be and hating the way things are now. And there's, a, there's a there's a certain crowd that seems to like them, but everybody else is kind of is putting up with them. Why does this band sound like my dad? <laughs> Berger sitting at the bar, keeping an eye on things. Mm-hmm. Yep. You notice one of them has a patch that says uh, SR2 for life, whatever that means. <laughs> I'm going to go walk over to Berger. <laughs> What's up? Uh, seeing what you're seeing. Not much. Yeah, probably going to get hit. These guys are just here for the show. Yeah. Probably going to be protection. Looks like she left her old manager. Just want to keep him. Yeah. Keep him Tellin, Tellin pops in and says, uh, you heard of these guys, the angry badgers? No, they knew. They don't look like it, but don't think I've ever heard of them. Uh, well, they are new. Uh, you know, they used to be kind of uh, kind of cool, but like lately, they've been they've been pretty pretty edgy and, and not in a good way. Uh, I heard a couple of them got uh, dump shocked pretty bad, and now they just uh, they've been different. You know, real complainers, always doing negative stuff, never letting the new guys have a good time. When's their set done? Uh, hopefully soon. Nobody cares for them. <laughs> I don't know. We got at least one dwarf that really likes it. Well, hey, you know, some people will uh, find a way to enjoy anything, and I appreciate that. Other people just want to ruin everybody else's good time because it's not what they grew up with. You know what I'm saying? Look, I grew up with the Azatlan not being Azatlan. I grew up when you couldn't... Uh, what I grew up with isn't what we have. Why would yeah, I want it fair back? Fair enough. Hey, who knows? Some things change, some things don't, but you know what they say. Plus ka change. Finally, it's about uh, 2 o'clock in the morning, and uh, showtime for you, as well as Maria. She comes on stage for a second set, the audience goes into wild applause, and uh, you're able to slip through the crowd unobserved and uh, head toward the side stage door. Crutch rehydrates a... before going to the meet. Sure. Before I said, I reach into my pocket, grab like you know one of those little small kind of chamois towels. Like, dude, you're sweating. You're sweating. Wipe that <laughs> shit off first. Chamois towel for you. I'm not sure that's mine. Is that? It still doesn't look right, man. Blood. No, guys. It's not his. Blood. It's <laughs> not his. Crutch. Crutch. I pull the tooth out of the, one of his folds of clothing. You mosh hard, man. That could have been there before we got here. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is true. I pocket the tooth for later regent use. <laughs> <laughs> That's grim. You mosh right on. All right, there's a burly dwarf uh, seated at a small table uh, behind the door. Uh, he's got a big sign in glowing red letters that almost shouts... Authorized personnel only, and that means you. The uh, dwarfish doorman is wearing a royal blue satin textured jacket padded at the shoulders, covered with hollow print dragons that chase one another around the fabric. 
The design is almost gaudy enough to hide the bulge under his left arm. He glances at you over mirrored shades, says, You must be the guys here to see Foley. Dressing room number one, left and down the end of the hall. Last door on the right. And he waves you through the door. The stage is set. It's time to go in and meet our fixer, Max Foley. If you remember him from our last dance with Maria, well, I'm sorry. Opti does as good a job as I did, helping to express how wonderful a person Max is. But we've got a lot of Maria coming down the pipe for you in the coming weeks. One might even suggest we should double up our offerings, which is exactly what we're going to do. Starting now, Hidden Grid will be going to two episodes a week. For now, the shows will be just the actual play series. But, just like in January, we're going to start releasing some bonus content here and there. Maybe an interview, some concept segments we've been working on, and more. But there will always be forward momentum in terms of our actual play series, with one of them dropping every Monday. This also means we're going to have potentially twice as many patron episodes out there. So for patrons of The Hidden Grid, please make sure to check your subscription limits. If you only intend to support us for a few episodes each month, that's cool. Just make sure to set that cap before you get surprised in your March payment notifications. I'll remind you for the rest of this month, but after that, it's all on you. Some additional Patreon housekeeping. Due to some changes at Patreon, we're not going to be able to offer some of our original lower tiers anymore. Anything under a dollar isn't available Although, I believe if you're already at those levels, you'll be grandfathered in. We'll be unpublishing these rewards this week, and readjusting our current levels to reflect these changes. See the Patreon page or our Discord for additional announcements. Hidden Grid The Sexual Chronicles is shared under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial. No derivatives, 4.0 International License. That means you can share it, but you can't cut it up nor can you make any money off of it. The Topps Company Inc. has sole ownership of the names, logo, artwork, marks, photographs, sounds, audio, video, and or any proprietary material used in connection to the game Shadowrun. The Topps Company Inc. has granted permission to the Hidden Grid to use such names, logos, artwork, marks, and or any proprietary materials for promotional and informational purposes on its website, but does not endorse and is not affiliated with the Hidden Grid in any official capacity whatsoever. Music from Maria Mercurial is Sophia Maria's album Twisted, available from Magnitude.com. Intro music is and has always been under your spell. The music serving as the club audio bed and outro music for Audio Anarchy, I mean the Hidden Grid, was written by the legend Marshall Parker and reimagined by Unuminium88. If you dig the tunes, Opti is the one to thank for the cage track. If you didn't, Opti is the one to blame. There's going to be a moment here. It is about 8 o'clock in the morning when you get a call from 
somebody named Max Foley. Ring, ring. Who's our POC for this? Whoever. Mushy, nice mushy. All right, all right. That's 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 sloppy. Um, yeah. <laughs> who's who's? Uh, <laughs> I actually have a day job, so. Uh, Max Foley is um uh, one of the best in the biz. He's a uh, he's a big time music guy. <laughs> Damn it. What is he? An agent, manager, <laughs> coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> she 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 checks her module. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you getting that information, Jules? The Shatter on Wiki. Oh. Okay then. That <laughs> <So> works. <it's laughs> for- All right, you guys go back to having fun. <laughs> Thanks, Dylan. You got it. <laughs> I, got, I got a smile for a second. Hold on. <laughs> oh, uh, I, 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 I got to take a breath and decompress from my uh, from my social commentary. Right <laughs> the uh, the angry badgers are going to be around in 2078. Still, by the way, <laughs> that was going to be my next question: was whether they were going to die or whether they were going to actually, you know, get leonized and no, stick around. They they never they never go away. But no. by the time the fragging unicorns hit the scene, they're like really, really angry about it. The fragging unicorns taking their slot. Okay. All right. Ready? No, okay, never. Diddly-doo, diddly-doo, diddly-doo. <laughs>